It's great to be back with you folks again. Um, my wife, Gloria, and I, we've enjoyed every time we've had an opportunity to come up and to, and to worship with you folks. And what a wonderful worship service we had this morning with the song service. So thank you, worship team. And uh, we're going to take our Bibles and turn to uh, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And I, I want to read a portion of this today, starting with verse 1. <clears throat> Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, all of you, since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. And then down to verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's pray. Father, we pray now that you'll take your word and stamp it upon our hearts and speak to us, Lord, we pray. May your Holy Spirit be at work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I asked the question, what is your purpose in life? How would you answer that question? Terry Cole uh, purposed to be a world champion. So he became a world champion glass eater. Asked what it's like to eat glass, he said, awful. Really awful. Does it hurt? Not really, Terry says. It doesn't cut you because you grind it very thoroughly with your teeth. As long as you grind it up long enough, you're all right. Sounds like a real grind to me. <laughs> One reporter asked him, how does it make you feel to be a world champion? His response, I'm very proud of my achievement. Well, Bill White asks, isn't that just like all of us? So proud of our own achievements when all they really are is a slow, awful grind that essentially gains us nothing. What is your purpose in life? For what are you living for? Is it to be a world champion at something, anything? just as long as you get your moment of fame? 
It is your purpose in life to be successful at school or at your job? It is your purpose to make money or to be popular or to have fun? At my age, uh, if I can stay upright on my feet, I feel like I've accomplished something right there. But Paul, in verse 6, shares one of my favorite verses. And um, when my wife uh, came to a real personal encounter with Jesus Christ in her college years, this became her favorite verse. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God has a purpose for our lives, that we might live for Jesus. This is the purpose that goes far beyond just making a name for ourselves or being well-liked or, or uh, becoming the world's greatest glass eater or whatever else we might think of. This is God's purpose for us. God wants us to be like Jesus, and he wants to use us in some mighty ways in his kingdom service. Another favorite verse of mine is 1 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart, he makes us a new person. Our sins are forgiven, and, and we receive a new nature. The Holy Spirit becomes active in our lives, and, and uh, we are born anew, born again. There's a change that happens. There's a change, amen? amen. And, and God begins his good work in our lives. But now this is just a beginning, just the beginning. So far, we are only diamonds in the rough. There's that old saying, please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. And God has a long ways to go in all of our lives. God has begun the good work, and he will carry it on to completion until the day when Jesus Christ comes again. God will work his purpose in our lives. He will. He will. Now, now what are we to do? You know, what, what part do we have in all of this? Do we just, you know, sit around and twiddle our thumbs and, and uh, wait for Jesus to come and do nothing? No, we are to be active. We are to allow God to work in our lives. We are to devote our lives to living totally for Jesus. Life will be much more fulfilling for us if we willingly work with God. We will find joy as we live according to God's purpose for us. So let's consider some areas where God wants to help us live our life on purpose. Uh, here's one area. We will be living our purpose when we grow in love. Verse 9, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. As we read this passage, we sense the love that Paul had for these believers in Philippi. Uh, they had been his partners in the gospel from the get-go for about 10 years at this point in history. And, and uh, Acts 16 tells us of how uh, Paul first brought the gospel 
to the city of Philippi, a leading city in Macedonia, his first church in Europe. And, and um, through, all those, through those years, uh, the church in Philippi had given financial and prayer support to, to Paul. They had been faithful. Uh, he, he felt a true bond of fellowship uh, with these people, and he was deeply grateful for, to them. In verse 7 and 8, it is right that I should feel as I do about you, for you have a very special place in my heart. We have shared together the blessings of God, both when I was in prison and when I was out defending the truth and telling others the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Can you feel the love, the affection, the appreciation uh, that Paul had for these believers in Philippi? Uh, and, and Gloria and I just, just sense the love that you have here in this church for one another. That's a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing. And we feel loved when we come up here to, to Stanwood. Uh, now Paul prays for these believers in Philippi that their love might abound more and more and deeper and richer. Love for God, love for one another, love for all people. People, this is God's purpose. This is God's destiny. This is God's goal for our lives, that we become loving people. That's not hard to grasp, is it? God simply wants to make us into loving people. People all around us are hungry for love. Uh, I, it seems that people in our society are becoming more and more isolated. Uh, with, we, we substitute computers and smartphones and TVs for face-to-face -face interaction with people, human contact. Um, and people are feeling lonely. I think with this COVID pandemic we've had the last three years, you know, it's tended to make people feel more lonely and isolated and friendless. And uh, people need one another. We need each other, don't we? The human contact, the human hug, uh, true fellowship. We need to feel connected. We need to feel uh, a part of something. And here at Cedar Home Baptist Church, you have marvelous opportunities to show love, to show love to people. Ken Travilla says, meeting the emotional needs of people comes first. They want to know, do you like me? And can I find a place here? People are hungry for love. Mary Ann Bird shares this story. She says, I grew up knowing I was different. I was born with a cleft palate, and when I started school, my classmates, who constantly teased me, made it clear how I looked to others. A little girl with a misshapen lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, and somewhat garbled speech. Then I entered grade two, Mrs. Leonard's class. Everyone loved her. But no one came to love her as much as I did, and for a special reason. It was 
time for the annual hearing tests at school, each child would go to the door of the classroom, turn sideways, and the teacher would whisper something in her, from her desk, which the child would then repeat. My turn came. And Marianne explains how nervous she was, how fearful that she'd just make a spectacle of herself. Marianne says, I waited. And then came seven words that changed my life forever. Mrs. Leonard, the teacher I adored, said softly, I wish you were my little girl. Yes, people are hungry for love. Let's pray that God will fill us with his great love. Fill us with his love more and more that we might be sensitive to people's needs. We will live our purpose as we allow Christ to love through us. Well, here's a second area for growth. We will be living our purpose when we grow in spiritual understanding. Verse 9 and 10, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Our love is to be more than just sentimental mush. Our love should be guided by spiritual understanding and godly wisdom. H.J. Huffey shares of how his teenage son was in such a hurry to get out and check out his new surfboard that he was oblivious to the warning signs and dashed straight into the waves. And immediately the lifeguard's voice came booming out over the waves, you're an inexperienced surfer, return to shore. Well, embarrassed, the little boy returned to, to the shore and he asked the lifeguard, how did you know that I was a newbie? Easy, said the lifeguard. You've got your wetsuit on backwards. <laughs> well, you know, when it comes to spiritual growth, uh, we all have much to learn, amen? We all have so much to learn. Uh, God desires that we grow in spiritual knowledge. We gain knowledge by digging into God's Word. Uh, Psalm 119, for instance, is uh, the longest chapter in the Bible, and virtually every verse talks about God's Word. Uh, verse 105, your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your Word. Verse and with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Bible, God's inspired word. Uh, we need the teaching, the correction, the encouragement, the guidance of God's word. And God desires that we grow in depth of insight. Insight is knowledge applied to everyday living, to our business, to our family life, to our personal life. Uh, God desires that we grow in depth of insight, insight for living. And uh, God desires that we grow in discernment. 
uh, um, discernment is a matter of discerning right from wrong, God's will from what is not God's will, good from evil, what is God's best, uh, uh, you know, instead of what is spiritually harmful for us. In his gospel according to Starbucks, Leonard Sweet tells the story of Ed Faubert. Faubert is what you call a cupper. Uh, in layman's term, he's a, he's a coffee taster. Uh, his taste buds are actually certified by the state of New York. So refined is Faubert's uh, taste of coffee that even while blindfolded, he can take one sip of coffee and tell you not just that it is from Guatemala, but from what state it comes, at what altitude it is grown, and on what mountain. Wow, that's what you call discernment. God wants us to develop keen spiritual discernment. How do we develop spiritual discernment? Does it just come naturally? I'm sure for this Ed guy that he must have had some natural talent when it came to coffee tasting, but still he would have had to learn about where these different coffees grow in the world. He would have had to develop and refine his coffee-tasting discernment. And so it is that we need to develop our spiritual discernment by saturating our minds with God's truth and asking the Holy Spirit to guide us. How about you? Are you growing in knowledge, in depth of insight, and discernment? How much time are you spending reading God's Word, studying the Word? Uh, how much time are you spending in, in prayer and asking God to guide you, lead you by His Holy Spirit? Uh, we will be living our lives on purpose as we grow in spiritual understanding. Now, here's the third area for growth. We will be living our purpose as we grow in righteousness, in righteousness. Uh, verse 10, 11, and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Righteousness comes through Christ. If we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then then we have been declared righteous in God's sight. Uh, we have been justified. My boyhood pastor used to define that as just as if I'd never sinned. We are justified. Our standing before God is that of being declared not guilty. In Romans chapter 3, 22 through 25, this righteousness is given through faith in, in Christ Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement, through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. 
this is a wonderful thing to know that Christ paid the sacrifice of atonement on the cross for all our sins. Therefore, we believe that our sins are forgiven and we are right with God. How then shall we live? As followers of Christ, we will want to live lives of moral purity and ethical honesty. Stories told of a farm and farmer, and every week he would go to town on one day and he'd take a barrel of, uh, of apple butter and another barrel of cottage cheese. And one day he forgot one of his ladles, so he only had one ladle to scoop from. So he had to use the same ladle to scoop out the apple butter and the cottage cheese. And pretty soon he had a big mess on his hands. Uh, no longer did he have pure apple butter, nor pure cottage cheese, but just a big gooey mess. Well, you know, God wants us to be pure. That's his desire. That's his goal for our lives, that we be pure. He wants us to be holy as he is holy. Do I think that I'll ever get there, this side of heaven? No, I don't. But, but God's goal for each of us is that we might become more and more like Jesus. Verse, uh, 1 Thessalonians, verse 4, 3 says, It is God's will, God's will that you should be sanctified. This is God's will, his purpose, his destiny for our lives, that we should be sanctified, made holy. To be made holy is a process, process of becoming an actual conduct, what God has set us apart to be. Uh, being made holy is not something we do in our own strength. It is God who makes us holy. This is the process of the Holy Spirit working within us as we merely cooperate, cooperate with him. How are you doing along the path to holiness? Are you making some steady progress? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to complete his good work in you, to purify your speech, your conduct, your attitudes, well, here's one final area for growth, that we, we will be living our purpose as we grow in faithfulness, in faithfulness, in faithful service and witness for Christ. Verse 4 and 5, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The Christians in Philippi had been partners in the gospel, with Paul. Not only had they supported his mission, but they themselves had been good and faithful witnesses for Christ in a hostile environment. Paul was now in chains for his faith. He was under arrest in Rome. This might have been house arrest, but nonetheless, he was under arrest, and uh, he was guarded 24-7. By, by soldiers, perhaps four soldiers on six-hour shifts. Can you imagine being on guard duty, guarding the Apostle Paul for six hours at a shift? Uh, you know, you couldn't get away from him. 
you know, he was there. You, you, you couldn't leave him. If you, I'm sure you would have heard the gospel. I'm sure that, um, you know, it says that the whole palace guard heard Paul's story. Well, Paul didn't know what was ahead for him. Would he be freed? Would he be executed? Uh, he didn't know. He had this feeling that he would be released from that Roman imprisonment and go on to preach the gospel and to serve the churches some more. But he didn't know this. Uh, in verse 20, 21, he says, I, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will, I, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul figured out that, that he had it made either way. You know, if he were to live, this would be more time to faithfully serve the Lord. If he were to die, he would depart and go immediately to heaven, into the presence of Jesus. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? Uh, Paul figured he had a win-win situation. Life or death, either way. He wasn't afraid to die. His only concern was that he would have sufficient courage to stand true for Jesus. Here's a letter that was written by a Southern Baptist missionary to Iraq, Karen Watson, prior to leaving for the Middle East. The letter was dated March 7, 2003. Karen was killed along with four other missionaries on March 15, 2004. Dear Pastor Phil and Pastor Roger, you should only be opening this letter in the event of my death. When God calls, there are no regrets. I tried to share my heart with you as much as possible, my heart for the nations. I wasn't called to a place. I was called to him. To obey was my objective. To suffer was expected. His glory, my reward. One of the most important things to remember right now is to preserve the work. I am writing this as if I am still working with my people group. I thank you all so much for your prayers and support. Surely your reward is in heaven, and it will be great. Thank you for investing in my life and spiritual well-being. Keep sending missionaries out. Keep raising up fine young pastors. In regards to any memorial service, keep it small and simple. Yes, simply just preach the gospel. Be bold and preach the life-saving, life-changing, forever eternal gospel. Give glory and honor to the Father. And then she adds the missionary heart. Care more than some think is wise. Risk more than some think is safe. Dream more than some think is practical. Expect more than some think 
is possible. Karen says, I was called not to comfort or success, but to obedience. There is no joy outside of knowing Jesus and serving him. I love you too and my church family in his care. Salam, Karen. Well, here was a young lady who could clearly affirm, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Christ was her purpose for living. Christ was the source of her strength. Christ was her motive in serving. Christ was her final destiny. Christ was her all in all. Christ was the joy of her life. And I ask you today, is Christ the purpose for your living? Is Christ the joy of your life? Can you say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Well, let's go back one more time to that verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If you are a follower of Christ, then he has begun a good work in you, and he will carry it on to completion. Of this you can be certain. You can be sure of that. Now will you commit your life to living on purpose for Jesus? Maybe today you're not sure if you've given your heart to Jesus. Why not today just ask Jesus Christ, come into my life, forgive my sin, be the God of my life. And if you've made that commitment to Christ, then let me ask, what is one step you could take starting today? One step you could take to grow deeper in Christ. Maybe it's to love a particular person. Maybe it's to spend, say, 15 minutes a day in reading your Bible and prayer or whatever goal you would want to set in that area. Maybe it's devoting yourself to a particular avenue of service here at this church. But what is one step you could take to fulfill your purpose for Christ, to grow deeper in your relationship to Christ and to be of blessing to others. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for this word. We thank you for the Apostle Paul and his modeling of what it means to be a true, devoted servant of Christ. We pray now, Lord, that you might be at work in us today. As we come to the communion table, we pray that we might remember again the atoning sacrifice of Christ on the cross for our sins, that it might move us to joy, move us to devotion, to surrender, to commitment, And again, I pray if there be anyone who doesn't know Jesus, may they today just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. 
Forgive my sin. Make me a new person. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.